Hello, hello. Welcome to Yay for Growth. I'm your host, Savannah Zipak, and this is a podcast where we have really deep conversations. So get comfortable, take a deep breath, check in with yourself, and let's get started. I'm going to be honest right now and just say that this is the most quiet, knock on wood, the most quiet my house, my town has been in like forever. And that's the beauty of being up at night when everyone else is asleep. But the thing is, I've I've had these days before, right? It's just so insanely quiet because sometimes... You know, the town I live in and the road I live on is right off of like a main route, a main road slash highway. So even in the middle of the night, sometimes we get like big trucks passing through from like the turnpike um, and things like that. But yeah, knock on wood, man, it is quiet. I am loving this, especially because earlier today, you know, I was... 100% on sensory overload. It was so, so, so bad. Um, I just really couldn't sleep during the day today because there was so much noise and this, um, you know, this weekend was the first, you know, it felt like spring. It was like in the 50s, super sunny. So everyone was out and it just made it really hard to sleep, even though I felt like shit. (laughs) Um, But yeah, man loving this quiet and another thing another thing is am i the only one i don't think i am that genuinely loves like looking at a bright computer screen in the dark i can't be the only one like there's just something about it that is so satisfying like if I'm on my computer during the day, I'm just like fuck this, I can't do this. But like at night with the darkness around you, I don't know, maybe I'm just a vampire. <laughs> I really don't know, but something about it is so comforting. Honestly. Um, but anyways, hello everybody. How are you doing? I really hope you're doing well. Uh to check in, there's really not many announcements. Um, except that the application to be on the podcast is still open right now. I have about four slots available, if I'm correct. Um, so definitely, if you want to be on, take a look, fill out the application, claim your spot. Like I said, anyone is welcome to apply, but not everyone is guaranteed to be on the podcast. But I am open to anyone and everyone who wants to apply. Um, I have my episode with my best friend Stacy that I just released on Saturday. I really want you all to listen to it if you haven't. I think she had some really great advice and perspectives as far as like parenting and I was like parenthood? Is that a word? But yes, it's a word. Um, Yeah, she had some wonderful perspectives on like parenthood and young mothers and things like that, as well as just general mental health and writing, how that helps with mental health. So if all that sounds interesting to you, definitely go check it out. I think it was super relatable for sure. Um, And it was definitely a joy to record that. 
And I have another episode with one of my dear friends that will be coming out very soon. Um, So I'm really excited for that one as well. But as far as check-ins, that's pretty much all I have for you. Um, And of course, now I will do my check-in on how I am. So goodness gracious, I have been going through it, to say the least. And I don't know. I judge myself really harshly. Sometimes I feel like anyone who listens to this podcast will be like, you always seem to be going through it. Um, well, the past year, that would be quite accurate. But usually it's like waves. Like I'll have like, you know, a rough month and then a couple good months and then a rough month and then a couple good months. But 2020 to 2021 has just been waves every single month. Like, I'll have a couple okay weeks, and then some rough weeks, and then stable weeks, and then less stable weeks, and it has just been a lot, but, you know, I try to be kind to myself and remind myself that for anybody who has gone through as many transitions as I have in the past year, it's completely normal. Well, I should say anyone who has gone through the transitions I have during a pandemic who also struggles with mental health and some physical health... 100%. It's so valid. And so that self-compassion, it's really hard. It doesn't come naturally for me. It's something I have to practice. But I am proud to say that in my journaling, you know, the past week or two, I've been very, very diligent about, you know, making time in each of my journal sessions to spell out some compassionate statements to myself, you know, and just really say like, it's okay. You are doing your best. And I think it's really important for us to take that time to reflect. And it's also okay to admit that you're not doing your best, that you could be doing more or less, you know? And that's kind of where I stand. So I've been doing too much. (laughs) Um, So as far as my reflection goes, I had to step back last week and realize I am doing too much. I am taking too much and my body is suffering as a result. And so I had to take some time off of work. I had to, you know, put a PSA out to most of my friends saying, listen, I can't show up right now. Socially, I just cannot show up. And it's not to say that if one of my friends is, you know, like, in a crisis, I'm not going to be there for them or available. But as far as every day goes, I really just can't do it right now. I have to come first. And I'm also somebody who a huge part of my character and part of being a Virgo is how I can be of service to the world and other people. That is a huge part of my character. I'm not sure if any of you listening relate, But for me, it is a huge part of how I live my life. It is why I have this podcast. It is why I have my Instagram community. It is why I am how I am in my friendships. I just like to be of service, to know that I'm making a difference with everything that I have available to do that. And I love to learn more so that I can continue to make a difference. I don't feel in alignment with myself if I'm not constantly being of service, you know, working 
on my communities and this podcast as well as volunteering and things like that, it, COVID has really thrown me off because I haven't volunteered as much as I used to um, with all the social distancing and everything turning virtual and online. And so that's when I really started to turn to my art. But it's definitely a different world when it's just like you producing it versus you working with other people to produce something for the greater good. So anyways, I don't want to spiral all of this too much. But yeah, I am so... It's a huge part of my character to be of service and to help. And when I feel like I can't do that, I can't show up for that, my immediate response is to just be hard on myself, which is bullshit, right? When you think about it rationally. Because, you know, and I've had my friend just Palmer and some other friends point out to me like... I can't be of service to anybody if I'm not first of service to myself, you know? I have to, you know, when I'm feeling like I am not the best at X, Y, and Z right now, like, I want to be the best worker. I want to be the best daughter. I want to be the best friend. I want to be the best sister. I want to be the best everything for everyone, including myself. But when it gets to the point where I'm as drained and as as exhausted as I've gotten to the past few weeks, I have to stop and ask myself, how can I be the best at taking care of myself? How can I be the best to myself? Because until I do that, I can't do any of those other things. And the only thing I'm ever going to really be the best at is probably like being the best person to myself, being the best at taking care of myself. Those are probably the only things in the world that I can master, right? Because no one is ever going to be perfect at anything. And that's not to discourage myself or my listeners or anything like that. It's just we have to be realistic with ourselves when we are perfectionists. And I am 100% a perfectionist right so yeah man I kind of just have been a little burnt out and the first thing to go when I'm burnt out is my social battery I am an introvert through and through and to be honest with you I started to question if I was really an introvert because of how the pandemic left me craving so much social interaction with people But I think since I've moved home and I'm in a job that's way more social than I have ever had in my life, um, I am realizing, you know, yeah, I'm still an introvert, you know. I still get exhausted by these interactions and I need time to recharge. So for those that don't know, what distinguishes someone from being an introvert versus extrovert isn't, oh, you're shy versus outgoing. That is like a huge common misconception. Introvert versus extrovert is really just where do you get your energy from? Do you get your energy from like alone time, a little bit of isolation and like just quiet time to recharge without other people and with yourself? Or Do you get your energy from interacting with other people, being social, um, things like that? 
And for me, it is 100% that solitude, that alone time, especially because I think I have social anxiety and I've had it since I was born. Like, no joke. I've always, like, from the time I, before I could even talk, I just, like, was so nervous around people. And so I think as someone with social anxiety, that's what has led me to be more introverted because, you know, you're constantly anxious about social interactions. So not only is it like you're engaging in the social interactions like any other person would, but then on top of that, you have the energy expenditure in your mind and even body because it feels physical of overthinking every interaction everything you do every moment after the interaction like it just goes on and on and on and it's so exhausting um so I really have just needed time away um time to myself and another really important shift that's been going on for me and I talked about this a little bit in previous episodes is kind of just learning like that I don't need to share everything with everyone in my life like I don't need to keep all of my friends updated all the time I don't need to confide in them and consult when I'm making decisions like I 100% have the ability to make my own decisions without quote-unquote checking with someone for that reassurance and validation first. Um, I think that's just something that I developed as many people do as a coping mechanism when you have anxiety and you're super unsure of yourself and your decisions. It's just like it feels comforting to get validation or reassurance from someone that like, oh, this is the right decision or you're handling this correctly or something like that. And it's like, no, at the end of the day, it's like sometimes that's useful and I will definitely ask my friends when I need it. But what I'm challenging myself to do, I mean, I think my therapist would be really proud of me. I have not spoken to her in a little while, but um, what I'm challenging myself to do is to really just trust my instincts, trust my gut, and stop asking for permission, right? Because the only person that I need permission from is myself, 100%. It's my life. I am an adult. I'm a level-headed adult, and I need to do what makes me happy. And While everybody in my life, and so many of you will probably relate to this, everyone in your life, friends and family, only want the best for you. So when you look to them for reassurance and validation or quote-unquote permission, like you don't realize you're asking them for permission, but you are, um, it can really trip you up sometimes because... While you might have the few that are very objective and level-headed, chances are you have a lot of other people who will just, um, they want what's best for you. So they will give you advice out of fear, if that makes sense. Fear for what could happen 
to you if you quote-unquote make the wrong decision. Um, So it's very important, I think, to challenge yourself. And I think a lot of my listeners in their like early 20s can relate to this. Really challenge yourself to make decisions on your own. 100% without the input of others first. Like make the decision and then tell people about it. Or don't. You don't even have to. But I think that that's kind of where I've been getting at. So I've been in a period not only of um, just socially not being able to show up for people being burnt out. But I'm also in this huge place of reevaluating the dynamics of a lot of my friendships and family relationships where I'm like, and this is 100% on me, for so long I have let people, you know, have a say in everything I do. And I'm starting to realize that not everybody deserves that, not everybody needs that, and more importantly, I don't need that. Because it actually causes me more anxiety and stresses me out, you know. The only person that needs a say in what I do right now is me. I don't have a, I'm not married. I don't have a partner. I don't have children I'm responsible for. I don't have anything. And that's not to say I'm going to make decisions that disregard other people in my life. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying just like, let it be a free for all and ruin whoever's life. Like, that's not what I'm saying. Um, what I'm, what I'm saying is just that my decisions mainly affect me, not other people. Even if they think it'll affect them, chances are it actually won't. But sometimes, too, you have to remember that when you are coming to someone for advice or looking for validation, reassurance, or permission, quote-unquote, um, again, they want what's best for you, but they also want what's best for their relationship with you. So if they feel that a certain decision you're making, boundary you're putting up, relationship that you're engaging in or something is a threat to their relationship with you, people will get on the defense and therefore their advice uh, will be biased 100%. And so I think it's very important to keep working at this and keep practicing, you know, just trusting yourself. That's the phase I'm in right now. Sure, a lot of you can relate. Definitely reach out to me if you can. I, I would love to hear your story um, or just have have a conversation with you. Right now, I'm currently taking a break from the sacred space on Instagram, but you could still, you know, go there, DM me, and I'll see it when I get back. Um, or you can message me on Yay for Growth Pod on Instagram. Uh, that one I've been on active on still because the one thing I'm not giving up right now is my podcast. It it actually. The podcast fuels me. Like the podcast, believe it or not, helps me recharge my battery. And I think it's because I've made it this very reflective process. And also it has an order. It has a start and a finish. I love working on projects when my mental health is like not okay. I love working on projects that have a start and a finish It's a really good practice for you to do um, if you struggle with, like, anxiety and things like that. 
um, because you know you're seeing something through and you can be proud of yourself for it and that's in this that's really what this podcast does for me um, and it does a lot of other things so anyways this conversation just it went somewhere I really liked but I didn't expect myself to rant so much about all that stuff but it's totally okay you know we're just kind of going with the flow I have a couple other things I wanted to talk about so I think we'll get into them after the quick break i'm gonna talk about airy season because that has started and i am so so happy uh because it's just brought a lot of important shifts which i'll talk about and the other thing i wanted to mention which is maybe related a little bit to what i just talked about (laughs) um is gaslighting ourselves yeah gaslighting ourselves like we can do it to ourselves i was like so shocked to discover that that's actually a thing but it makes so much sense so i'm really excited to talk about that um so yeah just grab a drink get comfy do what you gotta do and we'll have a nice chat about all of that So I'm just now realizing that actually everything I'm talking about is kind of related to what I talked about in that 20-minute (laughs) check-in. I can't believe it was 20 minutes, but you know, this is what happens when I have tea and a microphone and a candle. Um, Anyways, Aries season. Holy shit. I am so relieved that Pisces season is over. I was not feeling it. Pisces season is usually great for me. Like usually I'm so inspired creatively, artistically, even emotionally, but oh my god, it was it rough? Was it draining? Was it exhausting? Was it confusing? Like I was doubting myself. I was so unsure of myself. And then the past two days I've just had this clarity. And I know a lot of it has to do with the rest that I've taken, you know, taking time off of work and just like sleeping my ass off being outside exercising like I've been taking care of myself and it it's exactly what I need but I believe in astrology I believe in the alignment of the planets and seasonal changes in energy you know and if you don't that's okay you don't have to listen to this segment you could skip ahead to the next one but just know that astrology is a useful tool you don't have to believe in the science of it and you know yeah there are some really bullshit things out there to be honest with you where astrology is concerned i do think there are very fraudulent people um that use astrology as a way to like make money but like in a shady way not in a productive way like a productive way for example would be this one account i follow on Instagram called Astrowix, I talk about it all the time to you guys when I discuss astrology on here. They make candles that have to do with like, or that are inspired by like different astrological seasons and events and things like that. And I think that's so cool. People relate to that, right? Um, but yeah, there are definitely some really fraudulent things out there as far as astrology is concerned. And I think that gives people the wrong idea of astrology. Um, but astrology really can be a useful tool when it's used in its most like 
raw, grounded, genuine form, state, whatever you want to call it. So right now is Aries season, um, which I am just, I am so happy and relieved. I've just had this shift the past 24 hours. I can't explain it, but I was journaling about it. Um, and it's in alignment with what this season means to us. So I'm going to read you a couple bullet points on really like what Aries season is about. So the Aries um, of the Zodiacs are really our pioneers, our leaders. Um, some famous Aries, for example, include Thomas Jefferson, Da Vinci and Van Gogh, Emma Watson, who is like one of my biggest girl crushes. She is such a wonderful pioneer in like politics, environmental stuff. Um, she's so literate. I'm just, I admire her so much. I think she's someone who has done great things with her notoriety and quote unquote, I don't want to say power, but position um, from her fame. Yeah, um, I admire her so much. And then <laughs> another. I'm not a famous Aries, but an Aries is my brother, Sean. Hi, Sean. Um, he doesn't really listen to this podcast, but I'm going to say hi to him anyway. Uh, yeah, he's an Aries through and through. He exhibits every trait of an Aries. So what does Aries season mean for us, though? So our Aries are like the pioneers, right? The leaders. Um, very strong-willed. Well, the Aries season is really a time for trusting ourselves, our instincts and desires, empowering ourselves and others, but mostly ourselves, um, detaching from your comfort zone during this time is huge, huge, <laughs> um, which is something I've really been resonating with. I felt a strong desire to open myself up to like new experiences and opportunities in all areas of life. I've just had a very strong desire to like leave something behind or leave not something, but leave a lot of things behind actually and just like step into a new place. So if you're feeling that too, it's 100% airy season, I promise you. Um making choices that allow us to move forward very related. Um, so I think the past two seasons have really been about gathering a lot of information from your intuition, from you, just your inner self, right? And figuring out where you want to go next. So what every season is about is making those changes happen, you know? Aries season is where everything starts to come into action. The Aries of the Zodiacs are the, again, they're the pioneers. They act on their desires and their beliefs. They're so strong-willed. Um, so, yeah, I really feel in alignment with a lot of this. Like I said, the past 24 hours, it's almost like I woke up from a, like, cloudy, foggy dream. Like, I feel like I just stepped out of the fog and I'm just like, oh, okay, so we're going to make shit happen now. Like, I'm no longer going to just, like, think about it. And I'm no longer going to doubt myself. Like, I woke up the other day and I was like, why am I doubting myself? Why am I feeling so insecure in my abilities and shit? I was like, I'm a badass, dude. <laughs> like, 
I've really just been looking into ways to make my goals happen, if that makes sense. Like, um, just certain things I have in mind, goals I've always had, like becoming a yoga instructor, um, certain degrees I'm interested in for like maybe a master's or graduate. Like, I've just been looking into ways that I could actually make that shit happen. And, you know, changes and shifts in my career, like just so much stuff. And that's 100% airy season. It's 100% airy season for sure. And I think it's important that if you're feeling this too, to harness that energy. But there's a good possibility, depending on what your sun sign or moon sign is, that you're not feeling in alignment with this time, with this season. And that's okay. That was me in Pisces season. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, it's okay. You don't have to try. You don't have to try to embrace it. You don't have to try to get yourself to that place. It's it's either you feel it or you don't. And if you do, it's wonderful. And if you don't, you just ride out the season and you can journal and reflect and ask yourself, okay, if I'm not feeling inspired or empowered in the way that most people are right now, what can I do to remain stable until the next season comes? What can I do to maintain until the next season comes? And that's what I like to do is like, you don't always have to focus on getting things done. You don't always have to focus on using whatever energy of whatever season to like make shit happen. Sometimes all you have to focus on is maintaining, maintenance, which is something actually like interesting that my therapist pointed out to me this time last year. I did a vision board with my friend Stacy, and who <laughs> was just on my podcast. Like if I don't talk about her enough, um, we did vision boards and my therapist was like, <sighs> So, like, are you going to do a certain theme for it? Is it going to be job focused? Is it going to be this focused or whatever? Or is it going to be a general one? I was like, oh, it's going to be a general one. Like, not really sure. Like, I don't really have ideas for it. I'm kind of just going to, like, take a look through different magazines and see what pops out at me and then put it on the board. And she was like, oh, cool, cool. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, it's not always about goals, she said. She was like, it can actually be about what you want to maintain, like what's already working for you right now that you want to carry out into the next few months or year or whatever. And for me, that was really important, really, really significant realization because it was quarantine, it was 2020, and I knew it wasn't going to be ending anytime soon. And I was like, oh, so I saw a lot of yoga stuff, meditation, because I was doing a lot of yoga and meditation during the first lockdown. Um, so I was like, this is something I need to maintain in my life 100% over the next year because I will not stay sane otherwise. So yeah, it's really important to think about, you know, if certain time periods or seasons don't feel like a time of change for you, ask yourself what you can do to maintain it, maintain your health, maintain your energy, maintain whatever. Um, that's another way to look at it. But yeah, so Aries season, I'm really, really happy. It's here. I'm excited to see what kind of things come. I know there's like a lot of big things happening in, for me in the next few months, hopefully getting into my own place. So it's just going to be really great. And I've been working towards making all of that happen and just like getting a bunch of shit done that's been on my to-do list that I was avoiding. So yeah, I don't know. I think in a previous episode, I talked about accountability a little bit. But I think it's kind of related to what I'm saying now. Like, you might feel that in Aries season. Like, you might feel that you're 
holding yourself accountable more for like following through with things. Aries season is literally about following through. You know, you, you've you had all these ideas throughout the beginning of the year in the past few months and maybe you've been doing research or whatever, but now it's like, all right, how are we going to, how are we going to make this shit happen and how am I going to hold myself accountable? So yeah, that's pretty much it. Not really going to talk that much more about it. If you have any questions or want to discuss or want to throw me some more information on Aries season, I love astrology. I love it so, 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 so much. (laughs) I was like, so, 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 so. (laughs) Yeah, man, it's a good time. So definitely reach out to me if you want to chat about that. But I think I'm just going to slide right into gaslighting. Um, So... My friend Stacy again sent me this post and it's from let me pull it up. I think it's from Holistically Grace on Instagram. And it 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 goes stop gaslighting yourself. You're one. Okay, so it it, it has like a bullet of numbers. Um it goes number one. You're not being too sensitive. More than likely you don't feel seen heard, or validated. Two, you're not being too needy. More than likely, you have needs that aren't currently being met. Three, you're not overreacting. More than likely, this is a wound, a trigger, or something that is deeply hurtful. And four, you're not asking too much. More than likely, you are seeking love, consideration, respect, and reason. These are all reasonable expectations in a relationship. So this was mind-blowing for me because I was like, oh my god, I never realized how we could gaslight ourselves. But at the same time, it made complete sense to me. Because, um, I mean, duh, if you have been gaslighted in the past, um, maybe even your whole life, like maybe you grew up in a household where you were gaslighted by your parents, um, or if you were in a relationship where you were gaslighted, you, for a certain amount of time, were literally conditioned to question yourself, your feelings, your reality, and your desires. So it's 100% 100 percent um logical that we would start to gaslight ourselves because you were conditioned to do that so even when you're out of that relationship or out of that situation or in a new healthy situation like you're still probably going to do that to yourself for a little while if you don't become aware and try to work on it so for those that don't know um i'm gonna look up gaslighting defined um let's see (laughs) so apparently gaslighting the term like comes from i think it's like this old movie or something but anyways it's basically a form of psychological manipulation in which a person or group uh basically puts seeds of doubt 
in a targeted individual or group, making them question themselves. Um, yeah, themselves, their memory, their reality or perceptions. So an example, <laughs> this happens in very unhealthy, toxic relationships, um, especially relationships with a narcissist. Um, so let me look up some examples. Let's see. Gaslighting behavior examples. This is a post I found on Google, so don't give me shit if you can't find it. It says, gaslighting examples. Lying. Saying negative things about you indicating inadequacies causing you to be defensive. Disputes. If you attempt to call out a gaslighter on their lies, they will escalate their tactics. So if, like, you call them out on it, you're like, you're trying to make me second guess myself and I don't like that. And then they will continue to say something to make you second guess yourself. Um, interesting. I'm seeing posts on racial gaslighting. Uh, the origin of gaslighting. Oh, here we go. The term was born in 1938 when an author by the name of Patrick Hamilton wrote a play called Gaslight. The play was followed up with two feature films by the same name, one in 1940 and a remake in 44. In the film, the husband searches for jewels of the woman he murdered upstairs in their attic. While searching, he turns on the upstairs gas lights. Hmm. Oh, here's the full post. He turns on the upstairs gas lights to see better, which dims the lights downstairs. The wife notices the, dim the dimming and mentions this to her husband, who then tells her the lights are the same and she is just imagining things. The wife notices other things as well, but when she brings them to the attention of her husband, he denies them and tells her she is going insane and going to have her committed to a mental institution. This is where the term gaslighting and its definition originated from, and it has been popularly used since in the field of psychology. Let's see. Yeah, so I think you guys pretty much get the idea. I mean, it's like people trying to manipulate somebody else and this can be completely unintentional like if this is a behavior they watch growing up they might do it to someone and not even realize it um so anyways it's someone trying to manipulate like another person or group and by making them question themselves doubt their reality etc etc and it can be really intense um i'm sure even just by like me reading the origin of the term it, it probably hit you a little hard that it's just like it can be so so uh, traumatic to experience something like that and so people who are often gaslighted in their past um they if they're not aware of it if they're not aware of like that's what happened to them and they don't try to heal from this because they're not aware or even if they are and they just they don't try to heal from it they don't go to therapy they don't work through it they can be very untrusting in relationships going forward and very defensive so let's say you bring something up and um or let's say like 
you and your partner are talking about something and they're 100% not right, but your partner has been gaslighted in the past. And like, let's say like, they're literally like completely wrong about whatever you're saying. Like, uh, they say, um, I put the dishes away, but you clearly saw somebody else put the dishes away. You're like, oh no, you're lying. Like you didn't put them away. So-and-so put them away. Well, even though they know they're lying, they might turn around and be like, I can't believe that you would tell me I didn't do X, Y, and Z, like super, super defensive. So that's what like unhealed trauma from gaslighting might look like. Someone who is very defensive, even when they know they're wrong, they will not admit that they're wrong because they so badly want to be right because their reality was denied for so long or in such a traumatic way once in their life. Um, But either way, this behavior can seep into ourselves. And so, you know, I've definitely struggled with gaslighting before. I've been gaslighted by family members before. I have been gaslighted in relationships. It is no fun. Luckily, I have never been gaslighted to the point where it's like, um, someone was telling me, you know, like I was going insane. I can't imagine what that must be like. Um, but I've had, there's very subtle gaslighting. Like the example I read you with the movie and things like that, it can be really, that's intense and very dramatic. Um, but there can also be subtle gaslighting that you almost don't realize is gaslighting until someone or something points it out to you because it's just simple denials of reality. And it doesn't have to be someone saying, oh, you're going insane, you're imagining that. But it can be someone saying, you're too sensitive. Um, I literally had an ex-boyfriend tell me one time, I don't like to talk to you when you're an emotional wreck. And I was not an emotional wreck. I was just like crying like a, a normal human who is upset in a conversation. I wasn't like throwing myself on the floor against the wall or saying I'm going to hurt myself. Like, I wasn't an emotional wreck, and clearly, but for someone to tell you that any time you're being emotional or showing emotion is you being overly dramatic, you being a wreck, and they can't talk to you and you're like that, like, that's a denial of your reality. That's someone telling you you're too sensitive, you're too this, you're too that. That can be gaslighting too, fam. Literally. If people tell you you're too this, you're too that, your emotions are too much, like that's gaslighting. And so after a while, we can start to do it to ourselves. And you start to doubt, like when you're feeling certain emotions, you're like, oh my God, am I being too sensitive? Like, am I thinking about this too much? Am I overthinking what they said, the situation? And it can be detrimental because it can lead to you letting people treat you like shit because you second guess, like, Am I valid to be upset? Am I valid to feel disrespected? Am I valid to be crying? Because 100% of the time, just like the post I read you said, um, usually when your emotions come up in terms of a relationship and dynamics, like if you're feeling sensitive or upset or hurt by something, it is 100% because either your needs aren't being met, there is some... um, faulty in the communicate i'm talking about it like it's a product faulty <laughs> faulty in the wiring um but there's something 
unhealthy about the communication, some of your needs aren't being met, your desires, things like that. Um, yeah, it can it, it can really harm us into being in situations that just don't serve us, that just don't serve us. So it's really important um, to step back and reflect and ask yourself, like, am I am I questioning my emotions? Because we shouldn't, right? I mean, things are going to make us feel how they make us feel. We can't really control that. We can just control whether or not we like spiral with it and let it roll and roll and roll us down a hill that we can't get up from. Um, it's really important. I think it's crucial. So I noticed, I don't know, the past few weeks, I've just been like second guessing everything everything certain situations or conversations that made me upset or um you know just interactions with friends or family members and where I just I felt triggered or something and I just was second guessing like am I valid to feel this way and 100% of the time you are valid to feel however you feel you can't control how something is going to make you feel especially if it mimics certain trauma or um, hurtful experience that you've been through in your past. You know, it's really sad that a lot of the time people live their present reacting to their past. It's really, really sad. And like, holy shit, who do I think I am? Brene Brown? That was really good. I'm going to make a... That's going to be a quote, guys. <laughs> um... It is really sad, though. We live a lot of our present reacting to our past. And it's detrimental to our relationships, to our future, to our relationship with ourselves. Because we can't just be present in what we have and who we are now. But instead, we just take out all of these past experiences on the people in our lives now or ourselves ourselves so awareness is really crucial to this um i think what has helped me get through it the past week is not only becoming aware but journaling because you know what you can do when you journal is you can reframe your mindset um you can 100% reframe your mindset and your perspectives from something that is not supporting you to something that is validating you, empowering you. I, I always recommend journaling, um, especially for insecurity, self-doubt, from, you know, any trauma or triggers that are coming up for you. It is so important to take that time to become aware of your thoughts, validate them, and then work with them so that they can empower you and support you and you can reframe them. So one thought that I had while I was journaling, and goodness, if this does not convince you guys that I've had a rough couple of weeks, I don't know what does. I sat down, I started my new journal, which I honestly think was also a product of the energy of every season. I was like, I just feel like I need to let go of all the shit that happened in my old journal. Like I was like, even though I have some pages left and I'm normally never like to waste paper, I was just like, it's time. It's time to let go of it. Time to let go of the baggage. Time to let go of all of that stuff because I don't want to define myself with what the past 
you know, six months has been for me. I don't want to do it. I'm starting new. So I did that, but I sat down and I journaled and I filled out four pages and my journal's big. Like it's a, I like big journals. Um, I don't like really small ones. I like to have a lot of paper to write on and a lot of space to do it. And I filled out four pages front and back. So really like eight pages And I just sat there after and I was like, holy shit. All right, I'm going to record my podcast now. Um, So yeah, anyways, I sat down to journal and I was writing about anything and everything going on right now. But the one thing that kind of transformed how I was feeling about myself in regards to a specific situation was I wrote, um, I wrote, or at least this is how I felt. So my initial reaction and what I initially wrote was, I'm not good enough. And then two sentences, like, and I explained why I felt like I wasn't good enough, what the evidence for the fact that I wasn't good enough was. And then I told myself, how can I reframe this? And then I wrote, it's actually not that I'm not good enough. It's that. And then I wrote, what the reality is. It's that X, Y, and Z. So it's not that I'm not good enough. It's that this is the reality of the situation. And that doesn't equal me not being good enough, you know, for anyone or anything. So journaling can be super powerful because you can just reframe your perspectives. And if you've been gaslit in the past, I highly recommend journaling because you can write out those second guesses, those thoughts, those triggers, and then you can like validate yourself, which is so important. But yeah, I mean, I honestly think I'm starting to repeat myself a little bit. So we're going to wrap up this talk. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know it felt good to get all that stuff out. And just like what's been going on lately, I hope you are happy I released a little bonus episode. Um, I've been trying to stay super consistent with releasing on Saturdays um, or at least Saturdays or Sundays, Um, but I felt like you guys needed a little extra treat. So if you have any ideas for future episodes, feel free to reach out to me on the Instagram. If you want to support the podcast, you can on Anchor. The podcast link is in the, um, or the Anchor link is in the podcast description. Well, that's about it. (laughs) I'm going to let you go. Have a great rest of your day, whatever it is, wherever you are. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Bye-bye. And remember, your thoughts, feelings, reality, your experiences, they are all valid and real. Don't second-guess yourself this week. Namaste. Namaste.